Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Lounge. I am Anthony Irwin, today joined by somebody who, you know, quite frankly, I haven't spoken to in way too effing long. We used to do a show uh, way back in the day uh, that is now hosted by two completely different people. And uh, <laughs> my good buddy Pete Zayas is, is, is here. Obviously, he of Laker Film Room, uh, he of the Los Angeles Lakers, the Laker Film Room podcast. Um, but most important, importantly to me personally, a good friend of mine. Uh, I, and as you are a good friend of mine, Pete, I do have to apologize. I gave you the migraine that you had the other night because I <laughs> promised that you were going to be on the show. Uh, so, so all the pain that you went through, um, I am sorry. <laughs> Never had a migraine in my life before. Not once, but the, <laughs> the curse, you know, Anthony Irwin, curse. brother, welcome to Blue Wire, man. Congrats on the show. Thank you very much, man. It's been it's been great so far. I, I I love you know one of the things that you know in talking to Blue Wire and and like going over the various scenarios after getting laid off. Obviously, getting laid off not ideal, but like you go through the various scenarios and and finding out I get the feed and all of that stuff, and then holy shit, I get to talk to Pete again. And so so a lot of it uh, that I was really excited about, we haven't potted together in literal years. Mm-hmm. Um, the entire Russell Westbrook era <laughs> passed in the time that you and I... It was uh, all a fever dream. <laughs> I wish I had the men in black neuralizer. <laughs> Never happened. I, I, just, I just can't imagine um, how those conversations between you and me would have gone. Like, you would have had to talk me off of at least 37,000 different ledges. And... Um, and in some cases, I think you would have been jumping off right with me. Like, <laughs> we, we were all plunging for, and it's for many reasons, right? But yeah, uh, yeah it was, what what a whirlwind, right? This whole last couple of years has been. and But we, here we are on the eve of the play-in, kind of like, I like this team. They're good. Yeah, They've had a good record for a decent sample now. And Darvin at practice today was like, Hey, our record's zero zero. It's a fresh start. And I think that, yeah. that's interesting, right? Like it makes sense. You got all these new guys that showed up on the team that don't carry the same baggage and history from the last couple of years that are like, hey, I'm a Laker. Let's go hoop. You know, it's just yeah. this totally different energy. And I really think we needed it. I, I get the zero zero thing, but they have a lot of momentum. So it's like, no, let's let's just say they're like, you know, eight, <laughs> sure. 17 and six. Like, let's just you guys are good. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I think. Uh, the deadline was really important 
both in terms of like the basketball, obviously getting players who like D'Angelo Russell turns out to be a perfect LeBron James point guard, especially when he's surrounded by Austin Reeves and you have secondary and tertiary, you know, creators who can go out and shoot like that's been really nice and refreshing. Uh, you bring in somebody like Jared Vanderbilt, who's this versatile defender who would have fit right in on the championship team. Uh, Rui Hachimura goes from project defensively to I like him defensively. Helpful, yeah, yeah, and and so like you've you've seen all of these things, and and yeah, it, a lot has happened. It, it really kind of uh, is pretty indicative of how, and and also I think just as importantly, the players are sitting there saying the vibes are great. We're going out for dinner, like we're we're all bought in on this stuff. Um, and and I'm not gonna sit here and say like I'm not gonna lay everything at at Russell Westbrook's feet, right? That would be unfair. I think everybody was the worst version of themselves while he was a Laker. Mm -hmm. um, but that contract made it really difficult to build around those three guys. Mm -hmm. And it made it really difficult to have the types of players that you need around an aging LeBron and a somewhat aging AD. And look at this. Like, it's a, it's a very different team. It's a, it's a team that, uh, you know, when, when you and I were talking about potentially, you know, potting again, I said, like, I'm actually really excited to, to have this conversation with you for the first time in forever and let it be like a positive, productive conversation. It's, Hell it's, yeah. it, it, well, the vibes are immaculate, man. What do we do? I don't know what to do with my hands. So does Rob Polinka have your executive of the year award vote? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I, I would this that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. No, come on. So, no, 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 no. Look. All right. So coach of the year award has historically been right. The, the coach of the team that surprised everybody the most, right? Mike yeah. Brown will likely win this award this year. And it's always that right mm -hmm. now. Was he cleaning up some messes that he made on his own? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. But the way that everybody talked about this team at the beginning of this year, at the beginning of this calendar season, and the war award is supposed to be for one year, just like the coach of the year award is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Not only were we supposed to be in a bad spot short term, we were supposed to be cooked permanently, right? Mm -hmm. And if you went back in time, six to eight months, and told all of ourselves, hey, we're going to be going into the playoffs or the play-in at the very least with a yeah. team that you think is really good, that you like both short-term and long-term, that you think can compete at a really high level, like wh what other GM or executive has done more in a year's time? All right. One, um, you have a door open behind you. Is is Rob in the room with you? Like he's, he's not Rob, in the room is, with me. Is, Listen, Anthony, when I get the chance to righteously kiss my boss's ass <laughs> and actually believe it, and actually believe the words that could come out of my mouth, especially after these last two years, I'm gonna take it. All right. Uh, <laughs> secondly, secondly, so I get what you're saying, right? I I do, but like cleaning up your mess, even to the extent that he did. Um, it is still a mess that he left. And the part of it that I can't quite get past is, like, you know, did they wait too long this season and put themselves in a predicament where they have a real tough task ahead of them, right? Like, if they if they lose the play-in game, does your change, like, the, the, if they lose two straight play-in games and, and get knocked out before they even get to the playoffs, one, I'd be sure. pissed because that bet I cast doesn't cash. But, like... <laughs> But two, like, um, you know, does that change your opinion on on what Rob Polinka did, right? Like that that would and and you know that that's where it gets kind of tough. So 
those deals that we actually made were not available until the trade deadline date, mm-hmm. right? You just think of it from a basic negotiating standpoint. You yeah. should hear some of the names that I heard were like, oh, yeah, that guy's going to cost two first. Oh, I remember <laughs> Vanderbilt was going to cost a first and Beasley was going to cost a first. Right, and, and, and what actually yeah. happened, right? And what it is, is it's a negotiation, right? And the benefit of trading for a massive expiring contract like Russ does not benefit the team receiving it at any point more than it does on the trade deadline. The deadline. Mm-hmm. Like you can wait. And the whole league thought that we were in a totally screwed position. Like they can't keep Russ, right? Like obviously they can't do that. So, oh yeah, it's going to cost a first round pick for the first time in history to get yeah. off of an expiring contract. No, it's not. You just have to wait. And so we did. It was the right decision, right? And if you look at all of the rumors of what the the other deals were and this and that, we got more basketball player back than mm-hmm. the vast majority of those rumors. But it couldn't have happened before the, the trade deadline. And so to your point, like if we lose these next uh, this game and another game after that, I, I don't think it's as reflective of the roster as it being like, we had it right there. We're, we should be favored tomorrow, right? We should yeah, get they to are. seven games. Like, I think... By the time the game starts, it's probably going to be well. Now with Gobert out, it's probably going to be like an eight or nine point spread. My wow. guess. So my I mean, guess. the opportunity is right there. It's right there for us, Anthony. So, yeah, I, and and look, like the other, I, I would I would be one hundred percent with you. Also, if the like the Bomba one, the Bomba one to me was mm-hmm. was they you know it was the heat check. It was you know <laughs> you're feeling yourself and and you know you you knock down a couple shots in a row. Uh, the, the, look, I'm telling you right now, the, the, you and I were texting back and forth as this was going down and, and we were kind of throwing around some scenarios here. And, and when I found out like through, you know, all of the channels and stuff, what the, the trade was actually going to look like, I said, fans of other teams are going to be pissed because mm-hmm. the Lakers just got bailed out. So you had the, the positive momentum there. And I do think like the Bomba one was like, woo. Here we go. Let's wait, see how this wait, wait. So You're telling me you're you're pining for the days of Pat Bev. Well, I, I just think more could have been done with with Patrick Beverly's expiring. Like I, I, Bamba, Bamba to me um, has always been more conceptual than practical. Right, the, the notion of a super tall guy who can step out and knock down threes um, is exactly the kind of player that the, the Lakers would like in a backup center. Right, like Thomas Bryant was was that concept but um it turns out he wasn't very good uh, on 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 especially on the defensive side and and i think with with like getting that player do i think you could get a guy of 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 bomba's caliber without moving beverly and without the attaching the i think it was one second round or maybe two um no obviously not but i in terms of allocation of resources i personally would have looked to to make that kind of a trade, even if it takes another second rounder or a couple to go out and get another wing, personally. I may be wrong about this, but I believe there's an additional value in Bamba because he's non-guaranteed for next yeah. year. Mm-hmm. And then that deadline isn't until, I think, J- June 29th, which I believe is after the draft. And yeah. so if I'm correct on that, it sort of kicks the expiring value of that into an offseason where Bev would not have been. So just to throw that out there, I think your argument's sound and i think that mostly correct i just think that there is still trade value to bomba's contract that bev's was not but don't quote yeah. me up um yeah and and like 
I, I don't know the, the types of deals that were available for that specific package. I just know that 10 ish million dollar contracts at the deadline are worth their weight in gold. And, um, you know, that combined with what second rounders, if, if teams were allowed to trade like seven second rounders on yeah, that day, yeah. <laughs> like I, I would be curious what Beverly and, you know, three or four second rounders would have been able to get the Lakers on the wing. Right. Uh, could have gotten, could it have gotten them Josh Richardson? Could it have gotten them Doug McDermott? Like something like that rather than, you know, Bomba, who, yeah, provides uh, on court value if he's healthy. And look, like I, I, I want to be clear with everybody. I'm saying all this, uh, having not been thrilled over the Bomba one, I think I texted you that day. I, I loved the Russell Westbrook for, for D'Lo and all those guys deal. Not really. I don't know, really know how to feel quite yet about Bamba. That felt like a heat check. And then it turns out he gets hurt and it would be unfair for me to hold that against him. And I'm not, I'm really not. But, uh, you know, that one, just given what, like we see the impact that Rui when he's engaged on defense has on games and the more guys at that position you can have heading into the play in or in the, in the playoffs is so effing valuable like that. You know, me, I've been talking about this for years. The most important role player position to me is three and D wing. And the more of those that you have, the better chance that you're going to have in, in, in these playoffs when you're playing against elite wings and you have to have versatility on defense and you have to have guys who are taking those super valuable shots. And yeah, maybe Bamba could be that, you know, but in, in big form, but I, I do still kind of believe that the Lakers are maybe like one wing short. And I would love yeah. if they could have gotten if they could have gotten one there. I think that's fair. All right. Uh, now let's look ahead. We are, you know, hours. By the time you guys are listening to this, you will be hours away from a play-in game between the Lakers and whatever the fuck is left of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, it was hilarious that in <laughs> uh, in that game you had players fighting in a huddle. You had another guy fighting a brick wall and losing, and that was the team that won. <laughs> like, right. That was, <laughs> that was that was the team that walked away from that game feeling good, um, and that is the team that the Lakers are about to face. And and I tweeted this before we found out about Jalen McDaniels, and I and and I tweeted it before uh, we found out about Rudy Gobert's um, suspension. I had a feeling most teams have rules against punching each other. Um, and, and I had a feeling he might get suspended. I just thought they would do the kind of thing where like he would be suspended the first game of next regular season. Um, but I also understand a team suspending Rudy Gobert in a playoff game. Like I, I, I <laughs> that's usually how it goes anyway. It's just a matter of like the course that you get there. Either he's going to get played off the court or you're going to hold him out of Ouch. the game altogether. Ouch. Um, but, but I, I thought, uh, I thought, you know, McDaniels, it looked like he broke his hand. Like every single guy who punches stuff in that in that tunnel it never turns out well and then the, the first thing that they show right after that is him holding ice and a towel on it and the towel usually indicates that he's bleeding too so i thought i, I had a feeling he was going to be gone and he is so important to what they do defensively mm -hmm. and then i had a feeling gobert was going to be gone because most teams have rules against punching each other and I said, that's the team I want to face. New Orleans has been up and down. And again, they lost that game, which is pretty indicative of where they are right now. But in terms of matchup, I, I, do, I really felt like Minnesota was the better one because of everything that was going into it. Between those two teams, who would you have rather faced knowing what we know now? I mean, probably Minnesota, right? It's yeah. difficult when, I mean, how much, 
of the last two years have we tried to play with out two or three of our best front court yeah. players and how much different do you look when that's the case now the one caveat i'd say is that minnesota the version of them that's going to have to play tomorrow they're used to playing a they're used to playing that type of basketball with cat at the five ant is the main guy at the two conley can fit in anywhere you've yeah. got you know, Prince and, and slow-mo, you got a couple of guys. I think that those bench groups, we, you didn't even bring up Nas Reed, who's been great for them. Yes. He, yeah. He's been out for a bit too. So it's that, that was another part of the math. Right. And that accumulation where you get so many of your front court guys out, like if LeBron and AD, <laughs> you know, are across from you, that can yeah. really be a mess. And the place that I think is going to be uh, uh, super interesting is how that looks in transition because we've really looked to push it against the Gobert versions of them. I'm yeah. curious, like they're going to try to spread us out, Anthony. So the yeah. scouting report for this game is going to be a little bit different than the last couple of times we played them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, essentially, their only chance here is to beat them with math, right? Take more threes. Mm. Get up as many threes as possible and hope that you're hot, even if it's on the road. Yeah, maybe it means you get blown out, but that's the only chance that they have at winning this game. Because if they try to beat the Lakers with a more traditional balance scoring, it's not going to happen. The Lakers are better at them than that. Um, and, and hell, the Lakers, if you know, because they're playing at home, Beasley shoots a lot better at home. Uh, D'Angelo Russell has been a, a freaking torch no matter where, essentially. I think he's shooting almost 50% from three as a Laker. Um, Reeves has turned into a knockdown three-point shooter. It might not matter where, like, you know, if if Minnesota gets up all those threes. The Lakers just might be better. But uh, their only chance is spreading out the Lakers, shooting all those threes. And, and, and yet, like, if they shoot those threes and they miss those threes, that leads to transition. Those are long rebounds. And... And if those long rebounds go to Reeves and they go to, to Russell and you have Vanderbilt and AD and LeBron filling the, uh, the, 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 the lane or those long rebounds go to LeBron, those are the ones that are just over. Like that, that's at least two points, on, you know, and you, they basically have to hope they don't foul. So, yeah, I, 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 I think that it is a different matchup, but I think it's a more volatile matchup. And I think it's a matchup that the Lakers should really still be able to take advantage of. I, I personally probably would bet the Lakers up until the double digit mark because winning play in games by double digits is kind of difficult. Um, yeah, I, I did want to spend a little bit of time though on, on the path that got the Lakers to here and the yeah. identity that they kind of have. And it is an interesting one. I, you know, I wrote about this on, on Substack and, and how I think Rui lends to a similar identity that they won a championship with. And therefore I am more comfortable with it because that's the, you know, that is right there. The proof of concept is there. They won a championship that way. And if they can play that way with LeBron and AD, I think that's the best version of the Lakers. Even if um, Darwin seems to prefer smaller, more skilled lineups. Um, but I, I, I think the identity of bigger, stronger, faster, relying more on Rui, um, it's been kind of a bummer that he hasn't been interested. Ham hasn't really been interested in playing Vanderbilt and Rui together all that much. I think they kind of 
provide that inside outside wing kind of punch that I, I would like to have seen. I, he just didn't have time to try it out. I don't think, but um, I, I, what do you think of like the Lakers identity here? Do you think it's something that they have to focus on or do you think that this is uh, that they're going to be more of a matchup dependent type of team going through these playoffs? I mean, I think the playoffs by their nature are matchup dependent in that, you know, different teams skill. Let's say we get past Minnesota and then it's, what would it possibly Probably Memphis Memphis it is Memphis. Yeah. Right. Memphis, Golden State, Phoenix would be the route through the West likely or Denver, wow, right? Sacramento hate. Wow. <laughs> no, they, hey, I've, I, I like Sacramento from early on in this year. I thought they took this series season very seriously and got the most that they, they got yeah. out of it. I do not have them favored against the Golden State Warriors in a playoff. Not season. favored. <clears throat> I need to see Wiggins like, he changes everything for them. I agree. I'm really hoping Sacramento takes care of him because if Wiggins gets right, I don't know if like the, the Warriors are a really tough matchup for everybody. And each team presents different challenges, right? The way we would guard Memphis would be very different from how we'd guard Golden State. And so that in, in this type of context, like Rui having that size and athleticism and and being able to and growing a bit on the defensive end, I think is super important. And that forward that slots next to LeBron and AD, that's always going to run the floor that has an athletic presence, but he's also had a little bit of time to fit in more time than the other guys that we traded for. Cause we made that trade, what two or three weeks before mm -hmm. that last trade. And that's the thing too, when you were talking about Bamba and I really wish Bamba didn't get hurt because how would we be talking about Rui if just the first four weeks of his Lakers experience yeah. were our full impression of it? And that's what I've really seen. And LeBron's been talking about this in his post games is like when Rui knows he's going to get minutes and he's got a consistent role and there's just like that structure around him. Yeah. I think he fits in really well with that. And then you've got that collective size between him, LeBron and AD with two skill guards. And I love the chemistry that D'Lo and Austin have together. Yeah. You just got a lot of cool things things going on that part of what was great about that the championship team was its matchup dependency and that oh you're houston we can do that and be better at yeah. that with you oh you're denver and you're big and you've got this great five we can do that and yep. like that's how you win a championship is beating different types of teams and i think we're way more equipped to do that i wish we had 20 more games to figure out the combos that you were talking about there and i think we're gonna be hurt by that in the play-in and playoff situations to a degree but i think we've made a great deal of progress See, what's funny is I don't necessarily think they'll be affected by it until, like, if they get out of the first round. Because Minnesota hasn't had its core for the vast majority of the year, right? Cat was hurt a bunch. Um, even before Cat was hurt, they were, they were trying to make it work with him and Gobert, and it wasn't really. Um, and then they trade D'Angelo Russell, their lead ball handler, for Mike Conley, a different lead ball handler. Um Albeit, I think a better fitting one. I think it, it it really helps them to have an adult on the floor more often with Conley mm -hmm. than with Russell. Uh, but I, I think, like in that game, I think the Lakers are are about even in terms of continuity. Um, in the Memphis one, right, they aren't going to have Stephen Adams. He's really important for them. They aren't going to have Brandon Clark. That he's really important for them. Um, John Morant has been in and out of the lineup for much of the year too. Uh, they they I think they really miss the Anthony, the Anthony Melton. Um, I think that's the one they lost. And, and, and so like they, 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 I think more continuity than the Lakers, but I think people kind of overlook the, the, the lack of continuity that they've had. Mm -hmm. Um, and then 
after that, you get into you know, you're playing Sacramento, and they've pretty much had their team all year. Golden State hasn't had much continuity, but they're the championship team from last year. And if they get past Sacramento, they'll have that continuity. They'll have games. They also have like ultimate continuity in some ways. Yeah, with that that core. Yeah, right. Like they've been doing it for ages. Um, And then, yeah. So, and from that point on, you know, you're talking about Golden State, probably Denver. They have had their team and they have had their core for forever. And then you're in the finals, hopefully. Um, Let's just go ahead and hop to that talking point. We'll use that as a natural segue. I think the Lakers can get to the championship. I think it's possible. I, I, I was, I talked about this on last night's lowdown. I I've written about it uh, again for Substack, um, about like the matchups that I was hoping for and the Lakers look lined up to get most of those. I think it really helps that Kawhi and Durant are going to knock one of those, one of each other out. Those are the two players I was most concerned about, uh, facing in these playoffs. So you're only going to face one of those two guys. You are going to have to go through, I think, Golden State, which is certainly concerning. I'm not worried about Memphis. I, I've thought that they've been fraudulent, even at their best. Um, and then, you know, Denver, who, best team in the conference, sure, but the Lakers f- like feel like they have a bit of a mental edge there, um, having beaten them most recently in, in a series. So, yeah, and... Yeah, like what happens in the finals? I think the teams that are coming out of the East are better than the teams that are going to come out of the West, but I think they can get there. I, 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 I mean, once I, you're I, there, you never know. Like, yeah. Stranger things have certainly happened. I bet on the Lakers to win a championship when it was like plus 2000 at the deadline. And nice. it, it was like, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was the kind of thing that look, we know what it looks like. The Lakers, LeBron James wins 60 plus percent of his games when he has lengthened shooting. That's that's a hard and fast rule so long as he stays healthy. Speaking of that, like when was the last time a team that had LeBron on it without LeBron for an extended stretch won 60% of their games, which is what yeah. this team just did. I've never seen a LeBron team win to that level. Now, the level LeBron can still get to, we're going to see. He's certainly yeah. not in ideal circumstances with the foot, right? But this is a pretty darn good supporting cast for him. It was – I – you know, I understand why fans were probably really frustrated watching the way that the Lakers approached their last few games, right? They they played with their food a lot over the last week or so of, of the regular season. And what's funny was, um, oddly, it it gave me some comfort because, uh, yeah, I, I, I wanted to see more dress rehearsals. I was hoping that Ham would kind of cut down the rotation a little bit more so we could see what that kind of looks like. Um, I wanted to see... LeBron and AD more engaged uh, consistently. AD's free throws at the end of the year really freaked me out too. But like it, it did give me a little bit of comfort because LeBron's apo- approach to those games felt like he had a chance to look around. He had a chance to see what the Lakers have around him. He's now had two different proofs of concept in that regard, right? Right when they made the trades, they beat the shit out of everybody that they were playing. Right when he got back, they looked really effing good again. And then I feel like he kind of looked around and he's like, all right, everybody, let's just stay healthy. Yeah. Let's get to the playoffs. Yeah, the, the, the games aren't going to look as, as, as overpowering as, as they maybe should, but they were still covering, which mm-hmm. is important to me, like obviously to me the better, but, but also to me, like in turn, good teams cover. Like that is the, the, that is the rule is, is they exceed expectations and they were still able to do that more often than not. And, and yeah, like the, the fact that LeBron felt comfortable saying like, all right, let's ease it back. 
Let's ease it back. We know what it looks like when we throw that 102 mile an hour fastball, but let's just try to like, you know, guide them in there at 98. Let's just guide them in there at 97, 98 and get through the last bit that we have to. We were climbing out of the hole for so long that I think the last part of the season, it and because I had that frustration too, but it was like, hey, we're actually okay. Like we're going to be in this 7-8 yeah. game and we're not going to lose these games to a Utah or a Phoenix sitting everybody. But they were certainly gassed, especially after that Clippers game where I didn't think the, the main guys were going to play in that and they ended up playing. And so I think that this, like taking it, that way was sort of a response to get, you know, only put your foot on the gas as much as you have to, to get these wins. Yeah. Right. But mm -hmm. I, I, that like, Hey, we don't need to throw the 102 mile an hour fast fastball and have the dress rehearsals. I like we'd been in that desperation mindset for so long that it's hard to get to that spot where you're like, actually it's okay. That yeah. said, that said, I am a little freaked out by four straight, crappish games going yeah. into a very important one. I think you get used to playing bad basketball in ways that it's hard to break out. I wouldn't surprise if we be surprised if we went down early as a result of that. Yeah, I I would feel differently if Minnesota wasn't such a debacle, like if they weren't such a disaster, That's you know. Yeah. Um like if Minnesota was at full strength, like I think I think one of the better bets uh heading into the playoffs is betting whoever comes out of the whichever team has to play two play-in games, like that eight seed against Denver, mm. that team is probably winning game one, or at least like bet on them in the first half to cover. I think because oh, Denver, Denver hasn't played an important game in like two forever. months. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but I think like, look, Pete, we, we talked about how, you know, you and I haven't potted in years. And over that time for like, while we were podcasting, I was just descending steadily into madness right like it was just oh. because of what the last couple of years have been right that the last couple of years have just been frustration after frustration after frustration and we we form habits we as fans form habits Absolutely. so when we see crap games we are going to overreact because all we've known for the last couple of years yeah. has been crap games this so is like, bad yeah. don't go back don't like, yeah <laughs> let's let's not go there We're we know what's there. behind that door We're out of this. Yeah. <laughs> um and i understand like why why fans would kind of overreact and and look like while i was watching i was also like jen kept having to pull me out and like yeah. are you okay <laughs> like i'd be you know we'd be out and i'd be you know watching the game on the phone or watching the scores on the phone and she'd be like hey why are you why are you frowning at your phone i'm like in Lakers by five at halftime against Utah without anybody and she's like babe we're at a, we're dancing we're in the middle of two-stepping why are you doing <laughs> but but yeah I, I just I find I find um like I found some solace the more that I thought about it in LeBron being able to be comfortable with you know let's just get there and yeah they're probably going to open up slow against Minnesota um, but I think they're so much better than them than them in these circumstances that I don't think it's really going to matter. Um, is there a team in in this grouping that the Lakers might face uh, that freaks you out more than others? I don't think anybody freaks me out. The Golden State Warriors have not lost a playoff series with their main three guys in playing like every decade. game, right? It, yeah, playing every game in like a decade. So I don't want a galaxy brain like who's the scariest team? I don't know the team that hasn't lost in ten years. That like <laughs> that's yeah. the defending champions. I that said, I think that I I agree with your point about Wiggins. They have 
very little momentum going into the playoffs, although they trended up at the end. They certainly had their dress rehearsal against the a Portland team, right? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so they also have so much in reserve to call back on so many experiences and like that their ability to flip the switch, I think should, they should be given a great deal of benefit of the doubt. So to me, it's, it's them. Like I understand why people like Phoenix and are intrigued by them. Um, but I, for me, it's, it's the champs. I think golden state has a couple, or I think, I'm sorry, I think Phoenix has a couple things to figure out with this new group that they haven't played enough, like serious games against serious teams yeah. with that group to have figured out yet. So they're in a similar spot as, as us, although we've played a few more uh, higher stakes games with our group. So yeah, for me, man, it's, it's the dubs. How about you? I'm it, the, the Warriors make me nervous in that if they see them, they will be a series into the playoffs. Like if they were going, if the Lakers were going to face the Warriors, I was hoping that it would be like right off the bat in For some sure. way, shape, mm -hmm. or form. You know, no rhythm. Um, yeah, yeah, no rhythm. Don't know what Wiggins is going to look like. You know, don't know how Kuminga is going to handle playoff the, the the playoff atmosphere. Don't know if uh you know uh, Gary Payton the third or whichever you know Second. if he is going to to hold up physically. Um, you know that that is a a question I think. So there was that, and then. Um, I, Kevin Durant doesn't lose very many series, man. Like he just, I mean, they got swept last year. That's one thing too, that I think is, I think KD got a very favorable whistle for how that first round series went last year. I'm just saying whistle or, or like analysis, uh, just in, in terms of analysis, right? Like okay. he was, was not, say, like, he, he was not very impactful. Found. He was not very impactful on that series. Yeah. Obviously he's a great scorer, but he was not defensively rebounding. Like a lot of the things that have made Kevin Durant, that guy in the past yeah. that I don't think one bad playoff series like changes that, but he was thoroughly outplayed by, by Tatum, who was directly across from him. And like, yeah, like I'm curious to see what that looks like in you know, in 2023, it's been a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess to that point, KD, you know, uh, him as him as the center of attention is a very different thing, right? Like with, when he was with OKC, uh, if anything went poorly, it was Westbrook's fault. Westbrook was going to catch all the blame. Imagine Westbrook. That. Yeah, uh, if he was, uh, when he went, and then he went from there to Golden State, where all he had to do was be a bucket, right? That team was perfect before him, and it was even more perfect with him. And then from there, he goes to Brooklyn, and and Kyrie is the lightning rod. And then, you know, if Kyrie wasn't, you know, fully healthy, and Harden wasn't fully healthy, and it had to be uh, KD, um, you know, him him being the engine and the rudder both at the same time you know we'll see what that kind of looks like that said like when he has it going there isn't a person sure. on this planet who has ever existed who can like other than maybe kd who can guard kd <laughs> uh so that that kind of that kind of terrifies me um all right i want to i want to do some catching up like we've we've i think we've gotten all of the 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 main kind of topics out of the way here um, I want to do some catching up. So over the over the 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 last couple of years, um, well, no, let's go back even further. Lakers win a championship. You and I weren't podcasting at at the time. I don't believe when they won that championship. Um, and then and then right after the championship, 
They put together a team that I actually liked roster wise. Uh, and, and then, you know, with some time afterwards to process it, the Schroeder thing, like him demanding to start, I think really kind of started things in a sour way. Marcus all getting sick, I think had a bigger impact than I think people remember. Um, but in general, like the identity that the Lakers, um, had in that title year, uh, was pretty quickly kind of dismantled. And I just need to know, cause I know how much you love that title team. Like I know how much you love the identity of that title team, the camaraderie of it. That was such a special year for Lakers fan, Laker fans in particular, because of everything that we had to go through and route to that, to that championship. And then to see that team kind of taken apart as quickly as it has, where it's only LeBron and AD and not even the coaching staff that remains only if a couple of years later, how did you handle that? Because I didn't handle it very well. I still don't handle it very well. <laughs> I think I handled it a, a little bit better. I, I'm always excited about like uh, the the rust trade was something where it was like, oh wow, that's really interesting. <laughs> you know, like when I first heard it, I was like, I would love to see that play out on not my team. <laughs> Meaning that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like you've got these three yeah. amazing athletes that yeah. theoretically, if you put, and then I think we made pretty much every decision possible to make that make it a, more difficult make it more difficult exactly we had a lot the the season after the 21 season the one that you were talking about was our self-sabotage season on a number of levels right the 21 team that was such a strange year anthony because that was the one where we were playing in the arenas but they were empty it had the yeah. tarp over and, and then sparsely it was this very ghostly kind of year in a lot of ways today's and, gonna be the first time lebron's gonna play a home playoff game with a full crowd as a laker yeah that's bananas that's insane it it, it is and so the 21 team like we turned over too much from one year to the, the other and then definitely overcorrected by you know turning over even more the following offseason yeah. after that didn't work out i do think that there's an undercurrent though of like lebron transitioning into being less of a guard than he's ever been before where getting ball handling for lebron and surrounding him with that was a priority in ways like i would love for the 2020 team to happen again it's just not possible at this stage of lebron's career he's not going to be that level of athlete i think again mm -hmm. it's just as a matter of age and mileage and everything and so i think that there's been this thought that we need to surround him with more ball handling and lord we went through a, a whiplash of how but yeah. i love the delo austin combo with like i think they fit perfectly with lebron and ad so i've been thinking about them as kind of a core four of of those four guys right and yeah. so i think that that is informative within like why did we go in the direction that we went in um quick very quick detour here in the times that you are there at the facility um is has has Austin um, knowing what kind of payday he's going to get changed him? Is he is he demanding <laughs> that people not look him in the eyes? Like is he how, how's that going down? Austin's Austin's awesome. I've only had he a is. couple of passing interactions with him, but he's the thing about him. He's got the you know all all shucks thing about him. Yeah, that dude's a psycho. Like he's he super is. competitive, and he's like I, I I'm gonna kick your ass. Like he, I'm a smile, yeah. but it's like his whole way of being and his, his whole underlying desire and fire like that's been super cool to see and just he's awesome man i i hope he gets a gets a great payday this summer me too he is he, he definitely is um 
All right. So uh, back to the back to the teams in, in, in the time that we haven't um, podcasted. And it, it's funny because we were podcasting a little bit back in the D'Lo days. And oh, yeah, you and I both liked him. Yes, you and I both liked him. And we were team D'Lo until the very end. I remember being distraught that we weren't going to get to see D'Lo and, and Lonzo Ball play together. That that it, draft show, that, that epic uh, draft show at my, my it, brother's apartment. Yeah, it looked it looked I like I loved that combo. Uh, I think now, unfortunately, the Chicago Bulls medical team got to Lonzo and, and that just never ends well. But but like Lonzo and D'Lo still to this day, perfect backcourt. Like it would be, it would be the perfect modern backcourt. Um, we do kind of have a version of it, I think, with with uh, Austin, where he is very good at like what you and I used to talk about with Lonzo, where uh, the 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 snapshot as he's catching the ball, he knows what pass to make as he's catching it, what what read to make as he's catching it. And that was something that I was really looking forward to with Lonzo and with D'Lo um, as a combo. We do get some of that here. Um, but, but yeah, like what, what should, how should we celebrate being right about D'Angelo Russell, the basketball player? Like what, what should we do here? Should we just like demand, I don't even know, like payment, you know what, everybody listening, you, you, you owe, you know, you owe me and Pete a dollar 50 personally for, for he and I being wrong or or, no, not being wrong. People being down on D'Lo being wrong and, and Pete and I being correct on D'Angelo Russell, the player, because He's been he when he's been healthy, um, he, he I I can't think of a better fit with him and this team. Like it, <laughs> it, it, the, the he's even been better defensively than I thought he was going to be, and that was the biggest question here. So so w- take a victory lap on D'Angelo Russell for me. I don't need to take a victory lap. I'm just happy for him, happy for us. And when we traded for him, man, I was cracking up because of exactly what you were talking about. That was when all of this was starting to come up with us, right? And yeah. those were the Delo years. And and so of all the players we could have traded for, it ended in, ending up being D'Angelo Russell and him being the perfect fit skill-wise yeah. <laughs> next to our stars. I look up to the basketball gods. That's why I'm like, no victory laps. I am grateful, man. I'm grateful <laughs> that we are here, that we've been through the fires that we've been through, and we've got this opportunity. We're right on the doorstep with the play-in tomorrow, you know, to really move forward with one of the characters from the past. I, one of the things I would say, Anthony, was like, D'Lo is like when you watch a, a TV show and a character came back a couple seasons yeah. later, and you're like, oh! D'Lo and right. that, that's how it's been right and so and his shot's so pretty and he's he his mastery of the game has taken those steps that happen with a lot of players between 19 and what's he now 27 and so seeing that maturation is super gratifying and I'm just really grateful that we're in this position I hope we can bring him back and just super cool to have him on the squad yeah it, the, the maturation is a big part of this because he has been giving, I think, on average, the best answers of any Laker and post game uh-huh. stuff, um, and that was like, remember when the beat re- beat reporters like all hated him because he wasn't giving any kind of answers, and he was very like he clearly did not like that part of the job, mm-hmm. and now like it certainly helps that the Lakers have been winning since he got here. Those those D'Angelo Russell teams, you know, that era was a a, a big struggle. Um, and you know, you had him and Byron, which was just like the worst star and coach combination that has maybe ever existed. Um, but now he gets to be his like complete jovial self. He gets to extend that into, 
um, you know, not just the play, but every time somebody makes a play, he's the first person to like run over and, and, you know, do all yeah. the, like just jump up and down and high five people, pick people Celebrate up. Celebrate your teammates. That's yeah. very important. And he talks <laughs> and, about that in the, in the answers that he gives. He, he like really talks about the energy and the importance of yeah. that. Well, and, and, and that, that energy, like, look, the, the any 82 game season is a long ass season mm -hmm. and the Lakers were at such a low point when he showed up and, and like, again, I'm not going to completely blame Russell for this, uh, Russell Westbrook for this, because there was a lot going on there clearly. Um, and, and I'm not going to, I'm not There isn't anybody who I think gets complete blame for that entire situation. There's, a ton of blame uh, to go around, but to see such a quick, you know, lights off, lights on moment when when Russell and and the rest of that group and everybody gets there and and like the thing about the Rui trade, and I said this and and and, and people kind of uh, made fun of the notion of it, but the Rui trade to me was important not just because they they, they turned a guard into a wing, um, but but it reset the market. Like heading into heading into that deadline, every single player who a team might potentially like was supposed to cost at least a first round pick, maybe a it pick was and a swap. Constant. It was everyone's it was. liars. They're all liars. It it yeah, but I do think like before, like when the Rui trade happened, and I saw, huh, a lottery wing, a, a former top ten pick who plays a hugely important uh position here, went for not a single first round pick. That was to me the first moment where I was like, what the Lakers are capable of, I don't think people quite yep. grasp, right? Yep. And I don't know if he single-handedly reset the market at large, but I do think he kind of sent a message like, huh, to people who were paying attention. I, and, and the people around the league that I was talking to were like, huh. And, and that was around the time that I started like really bugging Aaron, like, hey, I'm going to get obnoxious on these fake trades on Fanspo. Just just to let you know, I'm going to get fucking obnoxious because yeah, I think the Lakers are a lot more capable of things with this now in mind. And and it turns out that that's how it played out. And, and that's the team is completely different because that that market was, you know, maybe always nonsense and maybe it reset or, or what. But regardless, the end result is holy shit, look at this team. Look at this team, man. We're right there. Yep. All right. Uh, this has been an absolute blast, bud. Uh, thank you very much for, yeah. for hopping on. Um, I, it's one of those times, uh, much like it was back in the day, where you look up and, holy shit, it's been 45 minutes. Yep. Um, again, uh, you guys, if you guys have been following me, you guys follow his show. It's been such a blast to watch everybody kind of come up uh, the way that we all have in, in this weird-ass industry LFR, uh, y'all are, are, are superstars out there. Congratulations on your guys' run. Can't wait to see what you guys do for this postseason. And, uh, and I can't wait to talk to you again. That'd be great, man. Looking forward to it. All right, everybody. That is going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lounge. Uh, make sure you guys tune in to the lowdown tonight where I look a little bit more closely at Minnesota in particular. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to have a guest on um, who I think you guys are going to enjoy. Not going to jinx it because I don't want to give him a migraine. Um, so tune in uh, then. And until then, I'm Anthony Irwin. That has been Pete freaking Zayas, and we'll talk to you soon. To me, basketball is a drug, and you and I are drug dealers, right? <laughs> uh